With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, that music means that somebody from UConn's coming on, and he's the athletic director. David Benedict joins us on the Rob Dibble Show hotline. And David, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Dibs, how are you doing? Oh, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're keeping our social distance and stuff like that. So uh, staying it, positive, you know, testing negative. That's right. That's right. In in your <laughs> world, <laughs> in your world, David, what what's an average day now? I mean, because the last eight months have just been an actual nightmare of a pandemic, and we're all trying to live through it. But for you, with all the sports, you know, programs underneath you and all the athletes and stuff like that. What What's your day like when you wake up to by the time you, you can shut it down at the end of the night? Well, there's there's particular phone numbers that I don't like seeing show up on my phone because typically I know that when I get those calls, it's probably not going to be good news. Um, but look, it's, it's just a juggling act every day, guys. And even today, we're, we're trying to play women's ice hockey and we're having to go through, you know, multiple conversations because it just seems like every competition is impacted or there's something going on with COVID. So, as you know, our men's ice hockey team, you know, they've had three weekends. There are three weekends in the season. And we've only played one time. And the time that we played, we weren't playing against the opponent that we were scheduled to play against. So, um, we've been available to play, but unfortunately, the three scheduled opponents have not. And and the first weekend was the only one that we were able to substitute uh, somebody else for. So it's just, you know, look, it, it uh, there's a lot of a lot of people trying to do everything they can to keep the kids safe um, and, and provide a safe environment for us to compete in. But it's it's challenging. What kind of access have you had? I think I saw you at the game last night. Have they been keeping you out of the office? Have you been allowed to walk around because you're kind of the, the, the big guy in charge everywhere? Do you get a little bit more access than us other common folk? Are you talking about Bubbleville? Yeah, Bubbleville and just really at your office too. Like what are things like in the athletic department offices and at Gamble for you and, and your staff? Yeah. Well, let's start, you know, on campus – you know, I, I was never told not to come to campus. You know, there was a period of time where it made sense uh, not to be on campus as much as you normally are just because, and, and I was doing that in the beginning. I was coming in every day, and it's like, okay, I'm coming in. Nobody's here. It's an empty office. Um, so you, you tried to do some of that just to, to try to remain normal. But, um in that first period of time, uh, you know, I stayed home more so uh, than I did come in. But once we had student athletes come back to campus in the summer and certainly this fall, you know, I, I'm trying to get in uh, as often as I'd like to go in um, and, and make sense to go in. And look, there's not many people. Our, our staff is uh, not necessarily all operating that way. We're trying to keep it as de as possible. But 
there's quite a few staff that need to be on campus, whether it's our academic folks or facilities um, that, that need to be there every day. Certainly sports medicine and athletic training, our coaches, uh, anyone that's really interacting with our student athletes on a on a regular basis. So it, it you know, it definitely feels like a more of a routine um, now than it did early on in the pandemic. As far as uh, what's going on in Bubbleville, look, I, I give uh, a ton of credit to the people here. Uh, we came in towards the tail end, but they've got a very well-oiled machine here. They're doing a great job. Uh, the answer would be no. I don't, I don't get any more access than than anybody else does, but they're very uh, willing to to try to accommodate people uh, for for whatever they need. But it's it's uh, they, they've done a great job here, and it's provided a, a great opportunity for a lot of teams to to come and play. And look, I, I think this is going to be something that that leagues uh, around the country have to evaluate. Uh, you know, is it going to be necessary for leagues and conferences to go into bubbles? Uh, intermittently during the season to be able to to finish uh, your your conference season and protect in some ways your student athletes. I'm I'm most concerned uh, now about when our general student population comes back, just because of the prevalence of the virus around the country. And when when our students come back, it's you know th- there's n- no way other than to think that there's going to be quite a few kids bringing the virus back to campus and how long will it take campus to be able to get that under control. I, I believe that we can. It's just a matter of how long will it take. And based on what we saw in the fall, it's just not realistic to think that our kids are not going to socialize with people. And as much as they understand it, it's just um, it's not, not um, normal for them not to want to socialize with each other. Talking to the athletic director at University of Connecticut, David Benedict, uh, and I know you've explained to us a couple of times how you uh, get the football game scheduled and going through lawyers and contracts and stuff like that with the way things are with basketball and hockey right now. And, and I know that uh, the UConn men's program got shut down for a little bit and then you had to reschedule some games and things like that. What, what is that like? You know, I know you're juggling things, but um, how many games are you, are you trying to pick up and are you fielding a lot of phone calls from other athletic directors that are kind of in the same position? Yeah, it's, it's different than the exercise we went through with football because, you know, at the time we were doing that, we weren't in this COVID environment you know, there are games to be had uh, based on the fact that when when one team gets shut down, you know, there's another team that most likely is healthy and, and wants to play. And so you look for those opportunities to, to grab those games, but, you know, it, it may not, you know, line up at the, at the time that you want it to. You know, we, we, we would potentially like to schedule a game for early next week, but we're having – a difficult time identifying someone that makes sense for us to play, you know, on Monday or Tuesday of next week, uh, getting ready to head into uh, conference play. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, it's a juggling act. Uh, the women, the women are down three games. Uh, we, we just announced yesterday, we picked up a game with uh, UMass Lowell, which, which uh, I think will, will be a good situation for the women. Um, but, you know, there's still two games that we're 
we're going to be down there. So will we be able to pick up games uh, intermittently during the rest of the season? I'm not sure we will. We'll, we'll just uh, continue to play it by year and, and see what happens. And that's the way the rest of the schedule is going to, to, to roll out. You, you just, as I mentioned with men's ice hockey, I mean, they've had three weekends they're supposed to play and they've played once. You know, I, I just can't believe that things are going to be dramatically different for basketball. Mr. Bandick, when you saw UMass get four games in for football, it doesn't cost any of their players any eligibility. They were able to have those games. They had to do some travel. Uh, they didn't win any of those games, but still got four on the schedule. Any regrets for you not getting any games on for football this year in the fall? No, I don't, I don't have any regrets. Uh, again, you know, we made a decision uh, that we – we believed at the time, and I still believe, was in the best interest of our overall program. Uh, as I sit here today, I still think that's the case. I think if you, it, it's not to judge anybody what what their decisions were, but you know, it's been a, it's been tough. And e- even if you talk to our kids that are trying to compete now, it's a really difficult situation. I mean, I, I hate to keep going back to to men's ice hockey, but they've been prepared to play three weekends now. And each weekend we've had to tell them we're not playing. Fortunately, the first weekend after we told them we were able to pick up games, but you know, the mental challenge that that creates for these kids is, you know, maybe more difficult than the whole COVID situation. So uh, to say that, you know, that, that would have been the same thing for us. Uh, in football, and yeah, we might have been able to pick up some games, but I, I think we were able to focus on ourselves. We were able to control everything about what we were trying to do. No, no one else impacted necessarily what our plans were, and I think at the end of the day, we will have gotten as much out of the fall as we could could have gotten. And, you know, look, I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been nice for our guys to play some games. Everyone likes to play in games, but I, I think the overall development of the program is really going to benefit from the time that they had this fall, and we were able to focus and control uh, those elements and, and get out of the fall what we thought was in our best interest. David, can you explain to our listeners uh, how huge it is for a university to have great facilities, not just to play in those facilities and work out in, but when you're trying to recruit athletes and it's so competitive to try to get athletes to come uh, and play at the University of Connecticut, how how huge is it to have good facilities? Yeah, you know, great, great, great question and certainly relevant based on the fact that we're we're going to be opening up some new facilities here shortly. I, I, I think, you know, Dibs, you, you bring up the whole recruiting piece. I, I don't think that there's any question that facilities impact uh, recruiting. We're already seeing that. If you talk to Jim Penders, um, he would tell you that. They've gotten several commitments from kids that, you know, I, I think are in large part because of the facilities. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more to a program than just the facilities, but I, I think that's kind of the icing on the cake with our with our baseball program now. Um, but but there's also other elements, and so again, focusing on baseball, you know, this is the first fall that Jim was able to get in every single practice that that they played because they didn't have to worry about the field condition, you know. 
prior to Elliott Ballpark, we had a natural grass field, and it did not drain well. And so every time it rained, you know, there were issues. And they were able to adjust this year, you know, times, but they never weren't able to get out on the field. So, you know, the the field uh, improvements are not just from a recruiting standpoint, but here here is a great example of, how much better our kids were able to get during fall because we were able to get in all of our, our practices. So that's the first time Jim said that's ever happened since he's the head coach, which um, it, over time, if you think about that, uh, if, if you have a kid that competes for you for three or four years and they're able to get in 10 or 15 more practices every fall, after three or four years, that adds up to a lot of work. And development that takes place. So, um, you know, the new hitting facility that uh, our softball and baseball team will benefit from uh, indoors, five uh, hitting cages. There'll, there'll be some indoor uh, opportunity for our pitchers. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it, those kids are going to be able to access that 24-7 and get in and hit as much as they want. So uh, I, I think there's a recruiting piece of it, but there's also a player development piece of it that really um, does have an impact to it. So we didn't, again, we didn't try to go out and build uh, the, the nicest, the shiniest. Um, we didn't put anything crazy like many uh, golf courses or anything like that, but we built things that were going to um, – you know, make us proud as well as provide opportunities for our student athletes to, to reach uh, their potential. Yeah, I've been bragging about the baseball renovation to everyone I can across the country of baseball. I think it's going to be great for the fans, too, especially the student fans that are going to be able to watch games from that hill. That's going to be a unique experience. Uh, one venue you don't have as much control of that I'm a big fan of, I think I'm a bigger fan than anyone else in Connecticut of, uh, but the XL, sir, it's uh, it was painted brown. That was a renovation they just did. I don't know if you like that but uh, you were calling for a bunch of renovations like a bunch of other people it's going to cost a lot of money and it's going to be a lot of time what's the timeline what are the stepping stones for when the XL will host men's basketball and women's basketball once again or even hockey uh, for UConn well, I, I think the plans right now uh, are that we would be competing at XL with, with men's ice as well as men's and women's basketball again uh, assuming everything is is normal uh, as we move into next uh, fall and winter, that, that that would be the plan. Now there there could be some decisions that are made to to begin renovating the Excel Center. Um, you know, at, at some point in time prior to that, they could change that. I am certainly a proponent of the the renovation taking place at Excel Center. I think for for UConn's interests. Um, we really need that facility to be renovated. Uh, one, uh, because it's it's old and tired, and, it, and I don't think that there's any disagreement that the facility uh, is in need of a renovation. Two, you know, there's not a lot of premium opportunities at the Excel Center. I mean, we all know that we've got suites up at the top of the top of the ceiling there um, that really don't work uh, for for our sports. Um, and, and don't really generate a lot of interest. We need some clubs. We need some suites. Uh, we need better opportunities for concessions. We need more restrooms. 
so it, it would be great to see that thing get a facelift. And I, I do think that from a long-term standpoint, a renovation like that would keep us there for a long time, and it would help us solve our financial challenges uh, at, at, at the university because we need to be able to find ways to generate more revenue that will help offset the, the reliance on the university uh, financially. And that is that is definitely something that will help. So we're, we're hopeful that that's going to move forward, uh, but, but certainly that's not our decision. And um, we'll, we'll look forward to the leadership coming out of the Capitol uh, as to how they want to move forward with that. David, always great to have you on the program. Uh, continued success. The men's basketball is off to a great start. Uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Hey, guys, take care. Be safe. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll look forward to seeing you real soon in person. Absolutely. I miss that nice Yukon blazer you wear. I love that thing. Wow. <laughs> Got to get me one. All right, guys. Hey, take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.